Hey, it's Heidi Dawson, and this is Wednesday Wisdom, where I interview wildly successful people from across the world, where we get an inside view into what their daily life looks like. Success leaves clues, and on Wednesdays, we're finding them. Join me now for the latest wildly successful interview. Hi guys, welcome to the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast and welcome to Wednesday Wisdom. I am over the moon about my next guest. He's the number one guy to talk to about sleep habits and this interview is full of absolute gems for, well, anyone that sleeps. (laughs) So Dr. Michael J. Bruce is a clinical psychologist and he's a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and also a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He was one of the youngest people to have passed the board at age 31 and with a specialty in, in sleep disorders, he's only one of 168 psychologists in the world with his credentials and distinctions. So he's also on the clinic advisory board of the Dr. Oz show. You may have seen him on there. He's been on there like 30 times, 39 times. In fact, he was just recently on Good Morning America. So without waiting one more minute, let me introduce you to Dr. Bruce. Hi, Dr. Bruce. How are you? (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. I I have been so excited about it. I mean, you may find this funny. But um, so I've been really wanting to interview a sleep doctor for a while because it's one of the questions I ask every single person I interview because. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm kind of a, I don't know, I'm a weirdo about, I, well, I think <laughs> sleep is one of the main ingredients to being able to live a wildly successful lifestyle. Yes. So I'm Googling like really great sleep doctors, but I also wanted somebody that was fun. And so I actually Googled <laughs> the most interesting, fun, knowledgeable sleep doctor. And you were the first one that popped up. so I was like well now it's my mission to have him on my podcast so (laughs) I am excited to be here I love that that's what a great compliment thank you I know I know I thought it was too so okay so we'll start out with a couple questions that I love to ask everyone and then we'll deep dive into sleep topics because I'm super stoked about that all right so I love to ask about morning routines because I think, I, I feel like they're pretty important, but with yeah. you, I want to ask you about uh, if you have a morning routine, but also if you have a nighttime routine yeah. for, because of sleep. So, yeah. so I have both. So, um, and actually it's kind of interesting. So as a high performance sleep coach, one of the things that I do for people is I help them create a personalized bedtime routine and a personalized morning routine. So the first thing I always like to do is kind of understand sort of like, what are their goals? Um, You know, what do they want to do in the mornings? What do they want to do in the evenings? It's not as easy as I want to go to sleep and I want to wake up. There's usually a couple more kind of factors that are going on. So the first thing, let's start with the evening routine first, and then we can walk ourselves into the morning routine. So the first thing I do is oftentimes I ask my patients, look, set an alarm clock not for waking up, but for an hour before lights out. Um, So what this does is it forces them to actually, and I prefer it actually be an alarm clock, not your phone. And I prefer that the clock is actually located in your bedroom. And so as an example, let's say that your bedtime is 11 o'clock at night. I would want you to set your clock for 10 o'clock at night. This forces you to stand up and walk into the bedroom. So you get all of the visual cues as you're getting in there, right? And you go to turn off the alarm. Now, you know, it's time to start getting ready for bed. So what I have people do is take that hour before bed 
and chop it up into three 20 minute segments. Now I call this technique a power down hour, okay? So you take 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes for just shit you gotta do, right? So in my house, it's getting the kids' backpacks together, finding shoes, sports equipment, what have you, right? So typical you know, parenting stuff, laying out my clothes for the morning, what have you, right? Then you do 20 minutes for hygiene, right? And so that could be you wash your face, brush your teeth, take a shower, things like that. For the women in the audience, there's a critical thing here that a lot of people have never told you about. But okay. if, you, if, you remove, if you wear makeup and you decide to remove your makeup in the evening before bed, you don't want a very, very bright light to be removing it from because then you're telling your brain it's morning time. So for a lot of women, what I, right, it's, it's amazing. Wow. Like you, you okay, give yourself this. Okay, that's my mind. I, right. I, I take my makeup off every night. I mean, that's just a general rule, but I do it with the lights way on because right. I want to get all my makeup off. Right. Cause wow. you want to clean your pores and you want to do all yeah. that stuff. Like I totally get it. So one of the things that I tell a lot of my female patients is if you're comfortable with it and you know, like you're in for the evening or what have you see if you can take your makeup off at like eight, you know, seven o'clock. Number one, it's better for your skin anyway. Right. Number two, you don't get that blue light exposure in the night because a lot of women, you know, they've got those pretty mirrors with that have the lights all around them and it's like, bam, and you're like, you can uh, see it all, but that's me. <laughs> right. Exactly. I but, have a little, like a fluorescent one that I really get in there. You know, I'm like, okay, just make sure everything's good. before. Right. The right. <laughs> which is good. But again, you're, you're, you're giving yourself all of this blue light right before bed. So I, I would, I would recommend that you don't. So that's the 20 minutes of hygiene. And by the way, during the 20 minutes of hygiene, um, there are a couple of different things that you could do that could be helpful for sleep. So um, one of the things that I talk about with people is taking a hot bath. Now, this sounds very counterintuitive because we know that our core body temperature drops around 1030 at night, and that's a signal for our brain to release melatonin. With my insomnia patients, not my normal folks, but with my insomnia patients, I actually 90 minutes before lights out, I have them take a bath. And I'll tell you why. What we do is we create an artificial increase in their core body temperature by sticking them in a bubble bath that's like 100 degrees. And then when they get out of the bath, their body begins to cool and it mimics the other cooling that normally would have happened. So we trick the brain a little bit to be able to help them fall asleep. So only for the insomnia folks, instead of it being an hour, go 90 minutes and take a hot bath during that period of time. There's a lot of data to show that it can be very effective. Um, other things that you can do during that hygiene time, obviously, is brush your teeth, wash your face, uh, things like that. Now, so for some women, um, they prefer washing their hair in the evenings. Um, some women prefer washing their hair in the mornings. And some women don't wash their hair every day. So there's differences that can go on in terms of the length of time that you're in a shower or things of that nature, if, if you happen to be doing those in the evening. I'll let people kind of figure those out on their own. But generally speaking, really, nighttime is about slowing things down. Right? It's not about speeding things up. Um, and then the, the final aspect, uh, the final 20 minutes that you would use would be for some form of meditation, relaxation, or prayer. Um, and so the big thing that I want people to remember is sleep is not an on-off switch. It's more like slowly pulling your foot off the gas and slowly putting your foot on the brake. There's sort of a process that needs to occur there. It's kind of like you need some runway to land the plane, if you will. So giving yourself this 20 minutes to fall asleep is actually a really good idea. Now, many people turn to me and they're like, well, if it takes you 20 minutes to fall asleep, is that like insomnia? No, that is actually the average time it should take somebody to fall asleep. So here's a fact that you might not know is for people out there, if they fall asleep in less than five minutes, that's not good. 
That's actually <laughs> a sign of sleep deprivation, right? Because they're oh, so damn wow. tired okay. that bam, they're going out. Remember, the process should take about 10 or 15 minutes to fall. If you fall asleep as your head hits the pillow, you ain't getting enough sleep. You're I can tired. guarantee you, you that. Are You're tired. Sleep. Absolutely. Okay. 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 So I use this power down hour as my nighttime routine, and I can set it up in a lot of different ways. Right now, some people might decide, um, like there's a lot of different things that you can do during this period of time. So some people, for example, may eat very early because let's say they're an intermittent faster or something, something like that. What do you do in the evening times if you start to get hungry? When can you have something to eat? So I don't mind people eating uh, late, um, I, but what I like people to do is limit it to about a 250 calorie snack. And you want that to be about 75% carbohydrates and about 25% protein. The reason is carbohydrates increase serotonin in your brain, and that's the calming hormone that helps chill you out. Do you know, I just read that. I think it may have been Dr. Dispenza, maybe, uh -huh. where he was saying that the reason why we're so addicted to carbs is because it causes us to chill yeah. out. So yeah, that's so absolutely. interesting. Well, that, why do you think we call it comfort food? Because yeah, it makes us feel comfortable, right? It's right. all about serotonin production. And so but we have to be careful in the evenings. We like to use uh, carbohydrates as an accelerator for sleep, but you don't want to have too much, right? Because then you might have weight issues or things of that nature. So you really right. want to be, again, keep it about 250 calories, 75% carbs, 25% protein. So an example of that might be like an apple with some nut butter on it, you know, or like a rice cake with some sliced avocado or something like that. Okay. Those are those are great little snacks to have handy in the evenings. Um, you want to really stay away from too much processed sugar, of course. Um, and you really, if you can, you want to avoid caffeine after 2 p.m. Um, most people don't really think about caffeine, but caffeine has a half-life of six to eight hours. And so if you stop at two, then by about 10, you've got at least half of it out of your system. And so that'll that'll help you out a little bit. Now, my guess is, is you've got listeners out there and here's what they're saying to themselves right about now. Huh, sleep doctor. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I can have a cup of coffee at six o'clock at dinner and I can go right to sleep. I guarantee you there are people who are listening right oh, now. Oh, there are. Definitely. Okay? Yeah, because I talk to them and I'm like, no, there's no way. So let me tell you why they're wrong. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Is they can fall asleep. But remember, sleep, I want everybody to listen close on this one. Sleep is not a quantity game. It's not about the number of minutes or the number of hours. Sleep is a quality game, okay? And so you might be able to fall asleep with caffeine on board, but if I stick electrodes on top of your head and I measure the quality of your sleep, I can guarantee you it's crap because caffeine is a stimulant, period. It yeah. keeps you out of stages three and four, period. So I don't really care what somebody says. You might be able to fall asleep, but the depth of that sleep and the quality of that sleep is definitely not going to be what you're looking for. That is so, routines. so so powerful that you're saying that because I honestly have wondered that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm one of those people that I really, I have one cup of coffee in the morning and then mm -hmm. that's it. Like if I drink any more caffeine, I'm awake. Yeah, well, I could already tell it, but if you if we put too much caffeine on you, you'd probably jump off the roof or something. You're a hundred percent. I'll be running around like a crazy I, woman. I, I couldn't I, even imagine. So <laughs> so let's talk about your morning routines, okay? Okay. So my my morning routine is interesting, and I'm I might try to modify yours just a little, okay? 
So okay. when we wake up in the morning, there's three different things that we need to do. Okay. So um, I'm 52 years old. And so as I get up, you know, it's not as easy anymore. And so the very first thing that I like to do is breathe and stretch. So what I do is I kind of swing my legs over the side of my bed and I just take like four or five just deep, long, slow breaths just to kind of kick the system on type of thing, right? At that point, my dog is usually up and next to me. And so we walk downstairs and I let him out and I feed him. Um, and then I walk outside and I have a glass, I have an 18 ounce glass of water and I get, I, so I drink 18 ounces of water and I get 15 minutes of sunlight and I take my shoes off and I put my feet on the earth. So let me explain to you all, why I do all three of those things. So number one, drinking water is incredibly important in the morning before coffee. That's for you. Before <laughs> coffee. I do. I okay. will say that. I do. I promise you I drink. I have a bottle of water and I keep it on the side of my bed Perfect. every morning. So I'm, I'm good so far. Okay. So okay. everybody out there, you drink. So here's why you drink water. Most people don't know this, but sleep in and of itself is a dehydrative event. So just uh, the humidity in your breath as you breathe out all night long, um, you lose almost a full liter of water every night. So you wake up dehydrated. So if people drink coffee as the first thing in the morning, it's a diuretic. So it makes you pee. So you take a dehydrated body and you make it more dehydrated. Stupid. Yeah. Put in the water, get, some, get the water in you. That's number one. Number two, sunshine. Why, what am I talking about sunshine here? So you have very special cells in your eyeballs and they're called melanopsin cells. These cells react to sunlight. There's a very particular wavelength inside sunlight called blue light. That's 460 to 480 nanometers. When it hits this particular cell in your eye, your eye sends a signal to your brain to turn off the melatonin faucet in your head. This is critical. So you know how people get brain fog and they're like, oh, I hate mornings. I can never feel like I wake up. Yes. That's because their melatonin is continuing to be produced because they're not going to bed at the right time or waking up at the right time. Sunlight immediately switches that off. So when you're drinking your water, walk outside, get some sunlight. The final thing is put does your it matter bare... cloudy? Is it, does that still count? It still counts. Okay, you yeah, still get a little still bit. Counts. It's been yeah, but we're, you know, we're walking into winter, so it's probably wise to talk about that for a second. I mean, I have people who buy blue lights um, and they keep them in their home. Um, and so like, I, there's a blue light mask that I like and there's a uh, blue light uh, that you can buy that's commercially available. I'll get you a link. Yeah, that would be that great because like. I'll put it in the show notes so that we all know what yeah, But what you have to email is. me because I'll never remember. Okay, um, I certainly will. Okay, so that so if it's cloudy out, yes, you can do sunlight. But why do I put my feet on the earth? Is an, is the final question. Yes, that's my question. So I don't have any real good data behind this, but here's what I can tell you: is it feels good. Like I don't know what it is. I've, it's called earthing or grounding. Um, I don't have any data where I can tell you that it affects sleep and I don't know how it affects your energy level. But what I can tell you is that I've participated in it for the last several weeks and um, I don't know why it just feels good, you know, and my dog's out there with me and I just hang out with him and we just, you know, then we end up going for a walk and it's like this nice little morning routine where I kind of have some time to myself and yeah. I can just chill and kind of get there. And, and that's really how I set up my day. 
right? Because remember, your day is going to have all kinds of things that are going to come flying in that you ain't expecting. And it's going to be a problem um, because if you're not at a well, if you're not well slept and you're not able and you don't have enough energy to handle whatever is coming at you, you may or may not make some good decisions your way. So having this morning routine, I personally find can be very important. Now I've added one thing to my morning routine, uh, actually only this week, and I'm happy to tell you about it. Have you ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Wim Hof? Yes. He's called the Iceman. Yes, yes. Wim Hof breathing and Exactly. All. Yes, yes. And cold challenges. So I was very lucky. Um, I met Wim and um, he, nice. uh, he act, I did a cold challenge with him and my son together, okay. um, which was pretty amazing. Um, but recently I started doing Wim Hof breathing every morning. Okay. And I will tell you, I feel it gives me so much energy. Like I'm, I haven't had a cup of coffee today. I feel great. I feel, but I don't feel like hyper. I feel like solid. Like I Energetic. feel calm. I feel like I'm right in my, the right place. I can answer questions. I can do my work. I can get stuff done. I don't feel jittery. Caffeine makes me feel jittery if I drink too much of it. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's because I don't have a lot of weight on me or that's just because caffeine has an effect on me. By the way, you can actually find out if you have a caffeine sensitivity um, by doing like 23andMe, I think. They, they, I, I believe they'll, they have a report in there that'll tell you about it. 23 and me, if you have a caffeine sensitivity. Okay. So you, you said something real, real quick. And I, I, just to ask, you said, I can tell that you wouldn't want you, you can't drink much coffee or whatever. How, how would you know that? Like, is that just, you know, so, your clients? so, no, so I've been a clinical psychologist for 25 years. And so right. I can assess people fairly quickly. So I can tell you why. So you have fairly rapid speech. You're pretty lean. Um, you look like somebody that exercises quite a bit. And in our emails, you are very detailed about things. So all of those things put together make me, I think you're almost a type A-ish kind of person. You're a lot like me. I like to just go, go, go. The, that is so true, yeah. The difference between me though is, I, it turns out that I'm a night owl. Most of my type A's are early morning folks and I'm, I'm kind of more of a type A at night. Yeah. See, I'm a, I like to be asleep. I, I will be asleep if I, if, if it in wintertime, eight o'clock, I would be ready to go to sleep. <laughs> normally nine to nine 30. And then I get up like lately I've been get, sometimes I get up at five or five 30, right. but um, sometimes I wake up at two or three in the morning, like mm -hmm. wide awake. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, I'm like, so that, like that happened to me last night and I was really trying to get good sleep because I was on having a podcast with a sleep doctor. I know then, that happens to everybody. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute, why am I up for two hours? And then it's okay. Cause I slept in to 645, right. which is sleeping in for me. So, okay. So that's just interesting. That's interesting. I, so, I was curious. Yeah. So, so with my lion, so you'd be what I call I, a lion. I am. I took your quiz. There so you go. I did. Yes. I took your quiz and I am a lion. Not a big surprise. That's so, wow. Okay. You're blowing so, my mind already. Well, we had almost, we've had over 2 million people take the quiz. So we really start to understand a lot about people after they after they have that many people yeah. kind of run through it. So lions, so it's interesting. So you said, you know, during the winter time, you'd be willing to go to bed at 830. So mm -hmm. that's typical lion behavior. But just so that you know, you should never do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you'll wake up in the middle of the night like you did, right? So yeah. I'd honestly, if you can stay up until 9.30, even 10 o'clock, which is probably a super late night for you, <laughs> that's going to be better for you because it'll have you push past that 5 a.m. and you'll okay, probably sleep right. till about 5.30. So right. just giving yourself a little bit more 
evening time. And you can use it very, uh, you know, appropriately. You can, you know, for reading or studying or prayer or meditation or just self-growth, you know. It's so right. funny because people, like, people, I tell them what time to wake up and what time to go to bed. And they're like, I got all this extra time, Michael. What am I supposed to do with it all? And I'm like, idiot, focus Please. on yourself. Read, you know, yes. read a book, you yes. know, <laughs> listen to a podcast, right? You Crack know, a book, listen to a podcast. Yeah, exactly. something, something. You know? I like to read at night because it immediately puts me to sleep. You know, if yeah. I, if I, okay, so now you have convinced me. In fact, this morning I was journaling and I said, mm -hmm. do I need to, um, I'm going to leave this to the universe. Do I need to mm -hmm. put my phone down? You know, mm -hmm. is that something that I need to do at night at mm -hmm. a certain, you know, hour? Mm -hmm. And you just saying that confirms for me that I definitely need to do that. And I will. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I, once I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. But I have to have the in. So now you've given me that, that motivation. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. I think it's, I think that makes sense. And, and what I tell people all the time about there. So no, so we, you, you said two different things that I want to address. So number one, you said you like to read at night before bed. Okay. So here's what I always tell people. So reading at night is great. No problem there. Um, if you're going to have a bedside lamp, you should probably wear blue light blocking glasses. Um, if you can, because okay. that will be helpful because remember we were talking about how that, you know, when you have that light on and you take off your makeup, same yes. holds true. If you have a reading light, right? We just don't want that much bright light at night, but and I have I'm to a big... have that pretty bright to read. So, so here's what I have people do is you ever seen those things they are called the itty bitty book light. It's like yes. the thing that you clip on and then it's got a little thing. Those work the best because they'll illuminate the page, but it doesn't illuminate the room. Okay. Right? And so you can, you can very easily still be able to use it. I love those book lights. I think those work the best. I have one and I'll use it. I, ha I just stopped using it because. Yeah. I yeah, would check okay. it out. I would do that. But here's the other thing about reading before bed is you're just like most people is you start to fall asleep. So I, what I tell people all the time is read something before bed that it doesn't matter if you fall asleep during it. Like you don't want something that you have to pay a lot of attention to. So I usually tell people it's actually better to read fiction than nonfiction. Like a lot of people like to read self-help books before going to bed. I don't think that's always the best idea because you start to really evaluate yourself and you start to think <laughs> about yourself, you know, and then you get like, oh shit, I need to change this and I need to change that. And all of a sudden it's two hours later. And oh you know, my no, goodness. All of this right? is so interesting because, you know, it's like, I think I'm doing good, but you're, you are, you're doing great. Right. My brain is wanting, yeah. like, it gets so active on, oh, I need to do this. Or I, sometimes I even have to get up and go right. downstairs and write something down. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Don't do okay. Don't do that. Okay. Something boring, like just a, a romance novel. Okay? okay. Like something ridiculous, something <laughs> science fiction, whatever, whatever your thing is, horror movies, I don't care. Oh, uh, yeah. But just something that you can but, fall well, asleep. Maybe a put, biography, like an autobiography or something. Yeah. Could mm -hmm. be some of those. Yeah. So. Some of wow. those. Okay. So how many hours a night do you sleep? So I go to bed around midnight and I wake up around 615. So okay. I sleep only six hours and 15 minutes. And I'll tell you the story of how that happened. All right. So I started really trying to understand what my genetic sleep schedule should be based on something called my chronotype. So for folks who don't know what the word chronotype is, you've actually heard of the concept before. If you've ever been called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. Okay. So step number one is if you can figure out what your chronotype is, that actually helps you understand when you should sleep. So we discovered that I'm a night owl, so I should never go to bed before midnight, okay? Now that would be terrible for you. Oh my gosh, you would freak out if I told you you had to go to bed at midnight. Um, but me, right, exactly. So it looks like we're never gonna date, unfortunately. <laughs>
because you're going to be in bed and I'm going to be awake. I'll right? be sound asleep for like four hours. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, and we'll I'm talk until nine thirty. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can get you up there. So, you know, step number one is figuring out what time I needed to go to bed. And so it turned out I needed to go to bed around midnight, and I was naturally waking up around seven thirty. Okay. Okay. I started to be incredibly consistent. I said, no matter what I do, my light is off at 12. I get out of bed at 7.30, no matter what. Within about two weeks, all of a sudden, I was waking up naturally at 7.15. Then about two weeks later, I was waking up naturally at seven o'clock. Then two weeks later, I was waking up naturally at 6.45. And it just kept doing that. And all of a sudden, my body just kind of stopped. And so what's happened is because of the consistency in my sleep schedule, I've compressed my need for sleep. I wake up every day without an alarm, feeling pretty fucking fantastic. Right. And I sleep six hours and 13 minutes on average, you know? And so awesome. this has to do with the consistency of the scheduling. Okay. That's the key, key, key factor. It's, it's all about consistency. So if people learn one thing from this podcast, get your butt out of bed at the same time every single morning if you can. So what if, what if like, including my, the weekends, my husband is a, a pilot. Mm -hmm. so he He's got it really bad. Yeah. So what, so, so what would you tell him? Like what in the mm -hmm. world, what does he do? So I actually just started, I, we just started, not just started. I've been working with a company for five years called time shifter, T I M E S H I F T E R. So if people go to timeshifter.com, you will see that I have a very special jet lag calculator there. So okay. full disclosure, I'm an investor and a developer of the technology, um, but it's really amazing. Everybody who's listening can go there and you can use the code, the sleep doctor and get your first two jet lag plans for free. So your husband should go into this thing and by using light caffeine, melatonin and napping, we can do some pretty amazing stuff. Awesome. So is so, it the sleep doctor DR or spelled out? Spelled out. Okay. sleep doctor. Um, and what's interesting is now the FAA has come to us and said, we like your technology so much. We're considering instituting it across all aviation. That's so, incredible. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So we're, we're working on trying to get, you know, all of the guys and gals who are pilots and, um, and flight attendants and things like that nature. Cause you know, they're all screwed up every single one of them. Oh yeah. I mean, he's terrible. I, it's it, there's his time, his sleep times are so off that I'm, I couldn't do it. Like I could yeah. not function that way. Tell him to get this time shifter. I will. It's, I'll get, he'll, I'll get him on there right he'll away. Love it. He'll be so he will, excited about that. Yeah. He will absolutely love it. And so, I'll put it in the show notes too. So everybody yeah. listening, um, you don't have to, if you're driving, don't, don't write it down. I have it for you. So, right. Right. so, um, so that's the reason why I only sleep six hours and 15 minutes is because okay. my, my sleep has become so compact. Now I, I monitor my sleep. I have a ring. Uh, it's called an aura, O-U-R-A ring. Um, and I wear aura um, and I monitor my activity levels during the day. I monitor my sleep at night. Um, and it gives me insights into different things that I can do. Now, to be fair, listen, everybody, don't go crazy with the sleep tracking, okay? <laughs> People out there go nuts with this stuff. There's now a new form of insomnia called orthosomnia because people can't stop checking their sleep trackers. Okay? <laughs> it's a, it's a thing. I know. It's a thing. It's a thing. I don't okay. have a sleep tracker, but every single morning, I kid you not, this is the weirdest thing. I count on my hands how many hours I slept. 
Every single morning I wake up and I'm like, yeah, don't get a, don't get a tracker. Okay. I won't. That's yeah. Should, should I get the aura ring? No, don't. Okay. You'll, right. you'll, you'll look at that data all day, every day. You'll lose your mind. Okay. Um, I, don't gonna lose, I don't need anything else to like blow my mind on anything. So for, for my high performance, um, uh, sleep coaching clients, every client gets a ring. So okay. I monitor people. What's nice about it is I might be in Los Angeles, but I've got patients who are in New York. I got some in Australia. I got in London. And so I can monitor their sleep from all over the world with this ring um, by my computer. So That's what's great awesome. is I can, in the morning time, I can say, hey, you know, you got a really crappy sleep last night. Let's tweak this out, you know, for the rest of the week and let's see if we can make this happen, that kind of stuff. So it's great because I can really zoom in and be able to, you know, help people effectively. That's incredible. That is so, I, I, I didn't know that you did that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I knew you did, had lots of things, but that's really great that to know that. I'm going to so, put that, everybody needs to get to your, to your website for that. Okay. So now um, I wanted to ask you about this. I've read many places. Tim Ferriss talks about magnesium. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan. Peter Atia talks uh-huh. about magnesium. Now, I a lot of people live into that, but I get nightmares when I take 500 milligrams. Because you're taking too much, and you're too small to take 500. That's okay. part of the problem. Okay. You're tiny. I would, I would, I take 250, and I weigh 155 pounds. Wow. Okay. Okay. That no wonder. Like it's it's it's. And I, as soon as I stop, this is the problem with reading books and not having someone to really monitor what you're doing because right. I read that and they're like, oh, you should take 500. And I'm like, well, then I'll take 500. And, yeah. and no. every single night. You're I too have little. Okay, yeah. got it. All so, right. So step one. So whenever you start to get a weird side effect like that, and by the way, the same thing happens with melatonin when you overdose on melatonin. The appropriate dose of melatonin is somewhere between a half and one and a half milligrams. For magnesium, I personally take 250, and that seems to work well for me. Um, But what people need to do is, number one, don't just take something. Go out and see if you're deficient in magnesium first. There's three things. Well, there's a lot of people that are, but I wouldn't, I mean, probably almost everybody. But here's what I do is I I have actually have everybody run blood work, and we look at magnesium, vitamin D, all of the vitamin Bs, um, melatonin. Then I also check your thyroid and um, your iron. Those are the biggies that I want to rule everything out. And so if you've got low magnesium and low vitamin D, which almost everybody has, then I put people on 250 milligrams of magnesium at night and I put them on 5,000 international units of vitamin D3 in the morning. Clearly check with your doctor before you do any of this to make sure, sure. that these don't interact with any medications that you might be taking or, or make other supplements less or more effective. Right. But that's what I personally do. And then I have my, I have a supplement routine in the morning as well. So do you take zinc? So to be fair, I never took zinc before COVID. Um, and okay. then right as COVID hit, everybody was like zinc, zinc, zinc. Right. Um, I've never had a zinc deficiency, so I don't, I don't, personally care much about zinc. I will say that I did add liposomal vitamin C to my regimen in the morning, just because there's some data to suggest that uh, it could be helpful with COVID. But for me, the most important information surrounding COVID and my supplements is that I think it was something like 95% of COVID fatalities, the person had a deficient level of vitamin D. Yes, I've read that. I've heard that. And so I've been on vitamin D for five or six years. 
Yeah, um, I take vitamin D every single morning for that. Me I mean, not well, obviously, just because. Well, if you're not, I try to get, get ten minutes of sun every day. My my grandmother lived to ninety three, and she sat in the sun for ten minutes every single day. So. Yep, I'm telling you, ten minutes in the in the morning. Look, your grandma uh -huh. could be a freaking sleep doctor. At this yeah, point. I know. Okay, so alcohol and and sleeping. Yep. Hold on. By D three. I just remembered. I'm running low on D three. I got to write myself. A note. <laughs> I'm glad you're helping me with my grocery list. Good, this yes. Thank you. Perfect. So alcohol. So there's a really big difference between going to sleep and passing out. Okay. Right. right. And so alcohol is the number one sleep aid in the world. More people use alcohol to make themselves fall asleep than any other thing. And it's a stupid idea. And I'll okay. tell you why, because alcohol completely eliminates stages three and four sleep. Why does that matter, Dr. Bruce? I'll tell you why, thanks for asking. Stage three, four sleep is your physical restoration, okay? That's the wake up and feel great sleep. That's the stuff where your body goes into the body shop and gets fixed, okay? That's what happened in stage three, four sleep. Caffeine on board and alcohol on board, it almost completely obliterates stage three, four sleep. Wow. Interestingly, if you use cannabis, you actually increase stage three, four sleep for some people, but you decrease in a very small way REM sleep. We can talk about cannabis too if you, if, if you want. I can't well, remember it, if it's can, legal. It, so cannabis is legal in California, right? Yes, it is. We would, I think we'd get in trouble for it in Tennessee. <laughs> probably so, probably I mean, so. All my people, you know, on the, they're all over, but um, yeah, I'd be like, go, oh, yeah, do it. And <laughs> so said. when you look, I, so I've actually written of several blogs about cannabis. And so okay. if people are interested in learning more like the technical stuff and what they should or shouldn't do about cannabis and sleep, if you head on over to the sleep doctor.com. Um, I have a blog that says thinking about cannabis for insomnia, consider these things. And uh, that, awesome. I think people would find um, that one pretty helpful. So even but, just like one or two drinks of alcohol. So let's talk about how, let's talk about a good strategy of what we should do here. Okay. So I like scotch. Okay. okay. And I like beer, right? I'm not a big wine guy. I'm just not sophisticated enough. But <laughs> okay. when I drink, you have to think about it. And so the key factor for drinking alcohol is the time period from the last drink to lights out. That okay. time period has the greatest effect on your sleep. So you want to have space between the last drink and the time that you're getting to lights out, okay? So if you drink one glass of wine, you would drink one glass of water with it, because remember, alcohol is a diuretic and sleep is a dehydrative event and you would wait one hour. It turns out that it takes the average human approximately one hour to digest one alcoholic beverage. And that's for the average human. So if you've got a, you know, a 280 pound guy, that could be different, or a 105 pound girl, that could be different. So you know, kind of know and understand your body. If you have two drinks, right, then have two glasses of water and wait two hours. If you hit the third drink, that's where the problems happen. Okay. So when you hit the third ingestion of alcohol for women, it actually has a tendency to energize them. They have a tendency to get a little more feisty, a little bit, you know, raring to go, have a little bit more fun, you know, that kind of thing. So right? true. Right. That happens at drink number three. For guys, they have a tendency to do that, but they also additionally can become more aggressive. Right. And so here's the thing. There's no reason to get to the third drink is my argument here. You yeah. want to enjoy a glass of wine? Absolutely. You want to have a cocktail before or after dinner? I don't have a problem with that, but you really want to keep it down, especially during quarantine and COVID. You know, tension is high. 
people right. are stressed. And so people are overdoing the alcohol. They're overdoing the caffeine right now by quite a bit. Um, we're seeing increases by you know anywhere from 15 to 30% in the consumption of alcohol, caffeine, and by the way, sleeping pills and anxiety medication is up almost 30%. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so does it wake you up? Like I've, I feel like I've noticed that when I drink a couple glasses of, I usually do Prosecco, uh, mm -hmm. I seem to wake up like last yeah. night. So what happens that. is, is it's the sugar and in, in the, the alcohol that you burn through and then your body wakes up. So here's the thing is what, what's for some reason, people can't seem to get this concept down. When you fall asleep with alcohol on board, you're not falling asleep. You're being anesthetized. Okay. okay. So think about it like this. If you were going to go in for surgery, right? They stick a needle into your arm. They put you out. They do whatever they need to do. They pull the needle. You wake up. Did you sleep? No, of course no. you didn't sleep. Yeah. You were anesthetized. Okay. Right? That's what alcohol does. And so what happens is you, after it wears off, your brain is like, oh shit, what happened? And it wakes you up. Yeah. It's like, wait a second. I was just out of it for like three hours. I wonder what the heck is going on. And then the sugar gets burned through and then boom, you're up. And, and by the way, it's almost like you woke up in the morning half the time because people get so much energy because they, right. they're not anesthetized okay. anymore. That answers my question. So two glasses of wine though, would that keep you from going into sleep to the three and four? It shouldn't, but okay. you're small. So okay. yeah, you know, well play. for me, like I'm honestly, right. I'll be tipsy at, at one and a half. Right. So I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm and so what I would suggest is I would suggest play around with it a little, you know, go to one and a half and then see if you wake up in the middle of the night. And again, play around with the timing before bed. So if you right. have two glasses of wine, wait two hours is kind of a general guideline, but you know, it's different for different people. Right. I don't want people to not enjoy their meals or their beverages, but at the same time, just be a little bit more on the responsible side from a sleep perspective. And, and it really won't have as big an effect. Um, but to be clear, half the reason you have a hangover is because of lack of stage three, four sleep. So drinking too close to bedtime will have an effect. Okay. That's just, I, that's, I'm so glad that we talked about that because a lot of people have that, you know, we've talked about it and those were some questions that I've, I've gotten. Um, okay. We passed over this kind of quickly and I know we're, uh, we're, we're get, getting to the point to where I know you have to go, but mm -hmm. for dreams, did, yeah. do they, is there you know, do they mean something or? Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about it. So it's a really interesting topic. So, you know, I have a podcast called sleep success with Dr. Michael Bruce. Yes. And um, on my podcast, I interviewed a dream therapist, not a dream interpreter, but a dream therapist. Those are two very different things. So a dream interpreter is basically bullshit. Okay. Nobody really knows what a symbol means in a dream, unless you are the dreamer. And then you may have some insight yourself. A dream therapist is very different. So listen to what she does. It was fascinating. If you want to learn something, check out this podcast. Okay, I, I, was, I will. I, you, I learned you so much. What episode it was? Or uh, I can look it up. Nine or ten. I okay. think it was. Uh, Dr. Leslie Ellis. Here's what she does: is she asks you to recall your dream and write it all down, and then you come into a therapy session and you discuss what you were dreaming about. Many people believe that in dream theory, that dreaming is where we actually process through our emotions. So, you know, we have a lot of shit that happens during the day. We right. can't work through it all in our brain because we just no don't way. have the time, right? So when we're asleep, the theory is, is this is when we're starting to move through some of that stuff. Now, in truth, there's also something else going on. And this is during REM sleep primarily. 
Um, we're also moving information from our short-term memory to our long-term memory. So it becomes critically important to get enough REM sleep. So when we're talking about things like alcohol and caffeine, they also have effects on REM sleep, which of course are gonna have effects on your memory. Now, one interesting piece of data that I found quite fascinating is a lot of people, especially during COVID, have been concerned about these crazy dreams that they're having these days. They call them quarren dreams, right? So they combine the two, right? I so hadn't heard that. What, yeah, so what is that and why does that, why are people having so many crazy dreams during COVID? So it turns out that when people are sleeping later, because they're not following their bedtime and wake up time schedule, they have more REM sleep. And when you have more REM sleep, you have more dreams and therefore you have more crazy dreams. So one of the easiest wow. ways to stop having crazy dreams is to wake up on time every single day, including the weekends. Now people don't like it when I say you gotta wake up at the same time on the weekends because they say I wanna catch up on my sleep and things like that. To be clear, it's almost impossible to catch up on your sleep. Just go to bed at the right time and wake up at the right time. Your body will adjust and you will be fine. It takes seven to 10 days to kind of work through that. But if you do it, I promise you, you'll be in better shape. That's incredible. Okay. Wow. All right. So I love that. I'm glad that we, to, to know that about the dreams because yeah, for it's pretty me, fascinating. Yeah. It's super fascinating, but yeah, you, you, you kind of know, like I wake up and I've had one and I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of know that, you know, right. I kind of know why that I had that dream. Right. Um, okay. All right. So one last question that I would like to ask you is the, um, you have sleep disorders and then, but the percentage of people that have really mm -hmm. true sleep disorders Right. Or, you know, like, how would you know if yep. you have a dis sleep disorder? So I believe that there are two types, two big categories. There are sleep disorders, that's apnea, narcolepsy, restless legs, insomnia. These are well-documented syndromes that have been defined by the medical community. Right. Very easy to discover. You go on WebMD, look up the symptoms. You can discover if you have them. I believe there's a second category called disordered sleep. Again, it's a little bit of a play on words. It's not a sleep disorder, it's disordered sleep. So what do I mean by that? That's when you go to that room in the back of your house, you close your eyes for five, six, seven hours, you wake out and you come out and you feel like crap. People wanna know why and they wanna fix it. It's not officially apnea, it's not officially narcolepsy, it's just like how do I get better quality sleep? That's my area of expertise and that's really what I've been focusing most of my energy on. My most recent book, The Power of When, um, really looks at these ideas of the chronotypes. And what I've discovered is many people who have what I call disordered sleep, if we just get them into a chronotypical swim lane and bedtime and following that, those guidelines, their whole damn lives get better. Um, it's just about getting, it's just about having a system and a structure and following it and your body knows what to do and then your body functions better. That's so good. I mean, so, okay. So then let's, let's close this up with number one, um, your book, The Power of When, is that on Amazon? I mean, we can just yeah. find that. Okay. Uh -huh. All right, good. And then how do people find you? Yep. To work so I'm super easy to find. Um, the Sleep Doctor, doctor is all spelled out, dot com um, is my website. All of my social handles are The Sleep Doctor. So you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I don't know what I've, all the other ones are, but I'm sure I've got them too. <laughs> yeah, you're all over the place. You're all I over am. the place. Instagram, all of the above. So, that's, that's um, awesome. And we do different things on different social platforms. So like on Facebook, we have a tendency to do more tips and tricks. On Instagram, 
Um, we do we do more like educational small short videos. So we've got all kinds of cool stuff. I write a blog every week, and I really recommend that people sign up for my newsletter because what we do with the newsletter, which is great, is everybody gets and it's only once a week. You get to learn all the different things that I've been learning about that week, products that I like. I also get people discounts on things like magnesium and things like that. Well, I'm signing that up like. today. I'm definitely signing up. Is that You'll dig it. Is that right off of your website then? Uh -huh. so. Just go to thesleepdoctor.com and you get free eBooks there. Oh wait, I'm um, already on there. I get your... Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I get that. No, so you I, get that. I so then, then subscribe right. to the podcast. Okay, subscribe to the podcast. That's what I need to do is you I... Will uh, love it. Yes, I'm, I'm going to love it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so You're the so name funny. of your podcast is Sleep Success. Sleep Success with Dr. Michael Bruce. That's good. Okay, all right. That's awesome. Well, this has been fascinating. I could talk to you for... 14 hours straight, but <laughs> you probably have other things you'd rather do. So well, right. not that I would rather do, okay, but that other, I need to do. Thank you. You just made my day. <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been wonderful. And we will get to, we'll get more of you through your blog, absolutely. all of your, all of your um, social media. No, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to address your, your, your tribe and your yes. group of people. I think that's awesome. But you never told me where in Tennessee are you from? Germantown, Tennessee. So I'm about uh, 20 minutes outside of Memphis. Oh, okay. So I've, I, so I'm originally from Sandy Springs, Georgia. And okay. so I've been all over Tennessee. I've been to Chattanooga, Memphis, as we like to call it, Nash Vegas. Nash um, Vegas. Yes. <laughs> My little sister lives in Nash Vegas. And awesome. so I love going there. Um, it's fun. Memphis is awesome. I love, you know, sometimes it gets a bad rap, but I love it. I like Memphis. I love the barbecue there. Yep. Holy cow. That is some yep. serious barbecue. It is the best. And sometimes we'll go places and people are like, oh, you should try the barbecue. And we're like, well, no, <laughs> we come we know from where to go. the Thank barbecue you. central place. <laughs> in the world so and and you know of course when we travel abroad when we try to describe people where we are we're like elvis right I mean, everybody's it, like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely i mean i've been to graceland yeah i have too it's it was, awesome yeah it was awesome and and i was like wow elvis was here like wow. i know i was most interested in his bed in his bedroom yeah it's crazy it's weird and that jungle room with all the, the jungle room that's what i was gonna say yeah it's that was the craziest part it's just like wow okay so much mm -hmm. fun so much yeah. fun well thanks for the opportunity i yeah. had a blast i do have to hop yep um, yep yep you i'm gonna let you go and you have a wonderful afternoon and we will um follow you and keep watching everything you're doing thank you so much let me know when the podcast airs and i can push it on social i love it i will i'll certainly do it thank you so much Peace. Peace out. Bye. Sweet dreams, dear. Sweet dreams. All right. You too. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.